All right, jam-packed we are on this fun-filled Friday morning here on Get Up as we come to you live, as always, from the Seaport. We are brought to you by Grey Goose. The squad is here. RC is ready to go. The game last night, fascinating and incredibly important at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers and company looking to build on a big win Sunday against the Cowboys. Titans looking to continue to take control in the AFC. Final seconds of the first quarter. Down 7-0, but Aaron Rodgers, Sacho, was doing Aaron Rodgers stuff. Doing what he does best. Catches the defense with too many guys on the field gets his offense lined up, and then tosses it to Christian Watson. Talk about the confidence, the belief. Two touchdowns on the day for the young man. You see, he knows he's got a free play as he's got those guys running, and then he's directing his young rookie. All Christian Watson does is catch touchdowns. He's like, our old buddy Chris Carter. That's his fourth in two weeks. Packers extra point, no good. They're down 7-6. Meanwhile, uh, Rodgers, late in the second quarter, in some trouble deep, almost gets the safety there as he's called for intentional grounding, uh, but he was just out of the end zone. Packers force to punt from deep in their own territory sets up a short field for Derrick Henry and company. Big man running Derrick Henry. Goal to goal. Touchdown. 14-6. Titans at halftime. Uh, midway through the third now. It's 14-9. Ryan Tannehill. What a night he had. He had a great night. Threw for 333 yards, but here's what was most effective. The running game wasn't working, so find a way to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. You threw the screen, but the most thing, blocking downfield. Receivers make a play for the running back. And Derrick Henry, Ninko, was doing everything yeah, this is the Derrick Henry effect. Watch the defense. Everyone is coming up to help. No, it's not a run. Stick your foot in the ground. Jump pass. Touchdown. Austin Hooper on the other end of the score. Like a little Tim Tebow hop. Titans extend their lead 20-9. Packers looking to respond. Rodgers, Randall Cobb. They're in business on a 28-yard play. And then it's Rodgers again. It's Watson again. Over the last two weeks, Christian Watson has eight catches. Five of them have been touchdowns. This dude is a budding star making plays all over the field. He was the 34th pick of the draft this past year, starting to get it. 20 to 17, fourth quarter. Packers need their defense to come up big, Ninko, and they did not. Yeah, yeah, Tannehill threading the needle here to Hooper. Initially incomplete, they review it, touchdown. That's a great throw, and he does hang on. Titans take a 27-17 lead, so the pressure is on Rodgers, and candidly, as brilliant as he has so frequently been, he just didn't have it last night. Look at this here on a third and 12. Sammy Watkins open. No good. There were so many misses, especially late in the game. These are the plays that you expect Aaron Rodgers to make, especially when your team is down. He kept on missing and missing and missing at critical points. There's another one here for Alan Lazard on a third down. Third and three, and it's no good. Packers decide to go for it. Fourth and three. How do we like the play call, Nink? I don't like this play call. It's a low percentage play. Throw it up in the air. Miscommunication. Frustration all around defines the Green Bay Packers season. They turn it around for on downs. Three minutes to go now. Packers, desperation time. Third and 19. This is Rodgers. This is Watson. He's about a yard away from the first down. Here's their last chance, and it is stuffed. The defense dominated from start to finish, and this is the play that actually won the game. Fourth and one. You got to have it. You know what's coming. Stuffed him right in the hole. Titans with a big stop and the big win, and you see the frustration on the faces of the Packers coach and their quarterback here they were after the loss to put on a performance like that uh, I, I just I don't even know what to say uh, there was it was nothing like a few days ago um, and that's why you're only as good as your last game I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb it's been the same since New York didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip and and ball coming out the same way I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight just missed a few throws I should have had. I mean, definitely the one to Sammy and, and the one to Allen for sure. 
Look, Aaron Rodgers has been struggling. There's just no two ways about it. Another bad fourth quarter last night. Four possessions in the fourth quarter. Failed to get a first down on three of them this year. He's 8 of 16 with fewer than four yards per attempt in the final frame last night. It has been a struggle in the biggest of moments for Rodgers. You hear him talking about the thumb there. Who knows how much that's a factor, especially as the weather got colder last night. One way or another, R.C., this has been a season of enormous disappointment for uh, the, the Packers in general and Aaron Rodgers in particular. He's going to be 40 years old next season. If indeed last night was kind of the, the death blow to their season, how much of it goes on Rodgers? Like, what do we say about him and the season he has had and the night he had last night? You know what? I think uh, a large amount of it has to go on Aaron Rodgers. And, and I think you have to look at early on in the season, this team not necessarily understanding who they needed to be from a personality standpoint. But when you look at some of the recent woes of the Green Bay Packers, they've had opportunities to win two of these games that they've lost recently. And they didn't because of Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers wasn't good enough. And I think when you look at teams that ascend, the Tom Brady teams throughout history, the Patrick Mahomes teams since he's been the starting quarterback at the Kansas City Chiefs, is because these quarterbacks make huge plays in situational football moments. And we haven't seen that from Aaron Rodgers, whether it's the two interceptions in the red zone against Detroit or it's the missed throws in the fourth quarter against the Tennessee Titans. And Aaron Rodgers seems to be holding himself accountable for this, but it doesn't go out there and make plays for you. It doesn't put you in the playoffs. And I think when you get rid of Devontae Adams, you're saying as executives, we have Aaron Rodgers. He can do enough. The same way as when you get rid of Tyreek Hill, you say, we have Patrick Mahomes. He can do enough. Patrick Mahomes has done enough for his team. Aaron Rodgers hadn't for his. It's as simple as that. He would have gotten all the credit had they been 7-4 and four right now. Yeah. And so we find ourselves on the other side. And, Acho, I know you have some tape on just exactly what the Titans did to him last night. Well, it's really about the pass rush. So think about it. Versus the Cowboys, the Cowboys blitzed 16 times. He ate them up. But this Tennessee Titans were only blitzed four times. They kept him in the pocket. So that's the thing that stood out to me. You could have – guys, it's so easy to run up field. And, and, and what Aaron Rodgers does when you do run up field, he escapes up the B-gap on the left or the right. We saw it in some of the highlights. This time they're all staying in front of him. It forces back throws. It's called four rushing at one. It's so hard to do because you want to get your sack, but keeping him in the pocket helps him from making big plays. Even this play, up at the top. The easy route would be to go upfield. What happens is you go upfield, Aaron Rodgers goes up, and he's going to either make a big play on the pass or on the run. But you don't. You come back underneath. You keep Aaron Rodgers in front of you, and that allows Jeffrey Simmons to come and make the play. And so most teams struggle when Aaron Rodgers is at quarterback because they want to rush as an individual. The Titans weren't doing that. They were rushing as a unit. They were not taking the cheese, keeping him in front of them, and that helped them win this That's game. That's really good tape, and it's a good example, Ninko, of what you said earlier. It's a well-coached team. I mean, yep. the Titans, they, they, they tend to fly under the radar because they don't have the glamorous quarterback and all the rest of that, but that, that's Vrabel, a lot of Belichick in him, and, and obviously with all the history there, that's just a well-coached team and a good example of it there. Yeah, that's a, that's a great crush rush, and the <laughs> worst place to be as a pass rusher is behind the quarterback yes. because that gives him more vision down the field and the ability to step in and out of the pocket, which puts more pressure on your DB. So that was a great job illustrating the video there of what they were trying to do in the rush and keeping somebody in front of Aaron Rodgers. And you look at Aaron Rodgers, maybe his thumb is worse than we thought and the cold weather is adding to that because last night didn't seem like he could really grip the football. Mm -hmm. It's not an excuse, but he is definitely playing his worst we've ever seen. So look, some things are excuses and other things are reasons. It, it could be be a reason and it just that is the reality of it I'm here's what I'm not going to do Brooke 
I am under no circumstances going to write off Aaron Rodgers because I did that once before. Hembo and I did an essay on the air about how we were seeing the decline of Rodgers. And the next thing I knew, he went out and won back-to-back MVPs. So I'm definitely not going to do it. But as we watch this, for a quarterback who's going to be 40 years old next year, what do you think we're seeing right now in this quarterback? What we're seeing is the only thing that is consistent about him is his ability to blame other people. Until last night, and I will say huge credit to him for taking some accountability, but I'm interested to see what the message is this week. What is he going to say when he goes on McAfee's show? Is he going to accept accountability? Is he going to shoulder the blame himself? I wish that we'd seen him do this earlier in the year. Maybe they wouldn't be in this position. Maybe they would have had some more buy-in. The receivers would have been happier to play with this guy, but he has just been too inconsistent for me to say, yeah, no, he's going to come back. Don't worry, guys. This can be another MVP season. Big-time trouble for the Packers right now, for sure. So, four and seven, because of where the conference is, they're not completely out of it, but they're obviously in all kinds of trouble. Meanwhile, let me take a moment on the other side of this and remember the Titans. R.C., I want to ask you the same question I asked the guys here a little bit earlier on the show. As you look at the AFC, we look at the big teams there. We believe in Kansas City. We believe in Buffalo. And there's a few others, Miami, etc. Right now, when you think about teams you could see winding up in the Super Bowl from the AFC, is Tennessee right there with all of them? Nope, they are not. And I'm not going to say that they're going to get there just to make the show good because I don't see it. (laughs) This is a team that's not as good as some of the teams we've seen the last few years that the Tennessee Titans have had. Yes, they're running the football better now. We watched Ryan Tannehill play great last night, but they're not going to beat Kansas City. This team's not going to beat the Buffalo Bills who blew their doors off early on in the season. I take Miami over this team. I take the Baltimore Ravens over this team. And so, no. No, the Tennessee Titans are not going to represent the AFC in uh, in the Super Bowl. The Tennessee Titans are going to be a team we're going to talk about going into the playoffs. They're going to win the AFC South, and we're going to be like, this is going to be a tough out for somebody, and then they're going to be out. And so, nope, I'm not going to join Acho and Nico and Brooke and, and Greeny, and it's not going to be like this whole festive Thanksgiving is coming up. Let's be nice to everybody. <laughs> Tennessee Titans going to watch the Super Bowl in the same place we watch the Super Bowl. They're going to be fun until then. Derrick Henry's going to run people over on his way to the Hall of Fame and then Tannehill and defense will do something in the playoffs. Derrick Henry won't be be on the field because they're going to have to pass it and then they'll be home. There you go. Nico, no need to watch anymore. Very skeptical. Of, what, what do you think, Nate? I just I, I, Scrooge. I think of the play Scrooge right now. <laughs> and, and, and that's RC, you know, with the coin listen, guys, it to the kid. Scrooge he's wasn't me. He was hurting. Scrooge right now. You were just <laughs> listen. Why are you listen, buying into Tennessee? Because a running game, if you can run the football <laughs> in your physical up front that you can win any football See, you sound you like a lineman right now. You That's can, not, no team that wins the championship lately has done that that way. Well, this is going to be a new year. We'll see. We'll find out. But I guarantee that there's <laughs> going to be a team the in the playoffs. They've been the for three years. There, there's going to be a team in the They're playoffs the that loses to the Titans because of the running game. And I'm going to put that out hey, there right Look, now. they were the one seed like last Cincinnati year. Cincinnati, Cincinnati last year. came into their place and beat them because the quarterback threw three picks. And that's what it comes down to. Yes. And I said it to, to, uh, earlier. At the end of the day, if, if you've got Patrick Mahomes on one side, you got Josh Allen on one side, the way Tua is playing, you got him sitting there. I don't even know who – Justin Herbert, Lamar Joe Jackson. Burrow, Lamar Jackson, etc. Tannehill is – I'm not saying he can't do it, Brooke, but he is going to have to prove he can do it before a lot of people are going to believe it. He doesn't have to prove it, though. He has Derrick Henry. He has that defense. I'm buying the Titans. I know that, that RC said, oh, he can't beat the Chiefs. 
it took him to overtime. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a pretty without significant Tannehill. without yeah. Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm buying the Titans. I like what they have. They have a balanced team, something that I, I don't know the other teams in the AFC are as balanced as the Titans. I don't know. Scrooge over there and I are together. <laughs> I don't know how I got lumped in with the rest of this. I'm not buying Tennessee either for exactly that reason, because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to it, who's going to make a play in Kansas City? Who's going to make yeah. a play in Baltimore? Who's going to make a play in one? And I, I am buying all all the other guys before I'm buying this. Yeah, and RC's right. And the reason why is what we saw last year. If this team gets down, they're not a throwing team. If they happen to get down, they cannot rely on Derrick Henry. They'll have to rely on their passing game, on their receivers. And that will be a tall task when you're not a team that relies on your passing game or your receivers. So, yes, they'll make the playoffs. They might even win a playoff game. But, no, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. All right. The, one way or another. I mean, Nico, we'll he see. If Nico might want to make it interesting. Get Vrabel on the show. We'll As, see what he thinks. Uh, we'll see. Uh, all right. He, that's one guy. I do believe it. As we continue, from the moment he became a starter, Patrick Mahomes has been dazzling. Is it possible that he's so good we are all underappreciating what he's giving us? We'll talk about that. Plus, if the Cowboys beat the Vikings on Sunday, will Dak Prescott have to be the reason, or should we be looking elsewhere? We'll answer that question and more as we get up with you on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're back on Get Up, and we asked Sam to pick his Acho Mind play of the game. <laughs> Sam, what did you see on Christian Watson's first touchdown? Well, I saw Aaron Rodgers saying defense. Oh, Acho Mind, you cannot sub right now. <laughs> when I got the, this is what I do. I catch people with 12 people on the field, and I throw touchdowns. Since 2008, I've thrown 12 touchdowns and over 800 yards on free plays. This should just be five yards. I've gotten over 800. No, by the way, I'm throwing it to Christian Watson. Five tutties. That was his first out of two touchdowns, four catches. You are out your mind. Never sub when I'm on the field. Okay. That was very good. Now, meantime, the next game is called Right or Wrong as we handicap some division races. RC, the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Is that right or wrong? 
This is absolutely right. Listen, let's not overreact to what we saw against the Washington Commanders on Monday because the thing that we are missing is that Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. The interception mm -hmm. when he throws to A.J. Brown hits him right in his hands and bounces up. Quez Watkins catches the ball and fumbles. The Eagles are going to be A-OK. -okay. They now know what deficiencies they have to fix. All right, Ninko, let's go to the AFC East. The Dolphins are going to win that division, right or wrong? I'm going wrong. I'm sticking with Buffalo. I think that they're going to go through this little hump, bump in the road and, and, and fight through it. They're going to be a better football team for it. And I still, I mean, the, the Miami Dolphins are a really good football team. I know their offense is explosive, but I need to see it more consistency. And Tua, we know, has had injury concerns. A reminder, the Bills game has been moved to Detroit this week where they'll play Cleveland. Brooke, the Ravens will win the AFC North. Is that right or wrong? Oh, that's absolutely right. Because who's going to challenge them right now? You're telling me the Bengals without Jamar Chase are going to be that team? You're telling me the Browns are going to be that team? The Steelers? I don't think so. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are head and shoulders above everyone else. I expect that to continue. They have a startlingly easy schedule the rest of the way as well. And then that gets us to a, an AFC West showdown game this week. Mahomes against Herbert. Kansas City looking to open a three-game lead in the AFC West. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was asked about the success of his offense uh, despite the departure, uh, departure excuse me, of Tyreek Hill for Miami. Here's what Patrick had to say. It's bigger than one player. It's bigger than myself. Um, and so uh, what can we do to improve ourselves, to give ourselves the best chance to win? And we understand how great Tyreek is. Um, I think people see that now in Miami even more than they saw it here. Um, how, how special of a player that he is. Um, but in this offense, it's about everybody. How can we, can we make each other better? You know, so, so he's been brilliant. And, RC, you brought it up earlier about how he has ascended in the absence of his star receiver and Rodgers has had the struggles after losing Devontae Adams. You know, Hembo had a pretty interesting idea yesterday, RC, and that is that maybe right at this minute we are treating Patrick Mahomes the way once upon a time we treated Michael Jordan or LeBron James. We almost take their greatness for granted when we give MVP votes and things like that. Yeah, he's the best, but let's give it to somebody else. Are we overlooking or underappreciating the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Clark. I think, in, I think in some ways we have some Patrick fatigue, but, I mean, look at what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do late in his career, things that Tom Brady has been able to do. I think the problem is when you're guys like Patrick, guys like Michael, guys like LeBron, you just get compared against yourself. And so a lot of times we're looking at your season compared to your best season or compared to two seasons ago. But what Patrick Mahomes is doing with this team, the way that he's spreading the football around, the way he's using his to convert the uh, third downs and to, to put you in bad positions. I think this is his best year overall based mm -hmm. on what he doesn't have around him and the way that he's empowered other players and new players on this team. I believe getting Kadarius Toney is going to be the missing link to this offense. You saw the explosion he provided last week. You saw the different ways he was able to be used, even hopping into the end zone on one foot. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be either one or two when he finishes finishes in the MVP conversation, but I think more importantly, Patrick Mahomes is positioned to be the Super Bowl MVP, which is what I know he wants more than anything.
Now, I agree. You can put the picks up on the screen. Again, spoiler alert, everybody here likes Kansas City. Uh, the Chiefs are a five-point favorite on the road, although when you're playing at the Chargers, you're really usually more home uh, than anything else in meaningful ways. How about it? I mean, you were there with Brady all those years, and, and maybe sometimes we took what he did for granted. Are, are we taking for granted how great Mahomes is? Yeah, I think it's it's those years that are record years. So you think back to Brady in 07 when they set the passing record, yeah. and then Mahomes in his first season as a starter, he put up all those crazy numbers so then the next year you're like oh well he should have 55 or 60 touchdowns and that's just naturally what we do but in reality it's really really hard to do that especially when other teams are game planning and they're trying to defend you a certain way so what he has done definitely is being overlooked it's just because of the fact he's been so good he won a Super Bowl and then we're looking at other players like oh well this should be the MVP no 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 right now I mean Patrick Mahomes Clearly is the MVP of this football franchise, this organization, this team. He's the leader, and he's putting him in this position year in and year out. Uh, I mean, we ha- still have practically half a season to go, but at, at this minute, if you had to vote, would you vote for Mahomes for MVP? Yeah, absolutely. Green, you know how you say that your genius is one that will be appreciated later? Yes. We need to appreciate Patrick Mahomes' genius right now. Mm-hmm. Last night, I got nostalgic. I went through Twitter. I advanced search my own feed. I searched for Mahomes because I was there in 2018. I saw every one of his games. I saw every Every one of those 50 passing touchdowns, and oh my gosh, he's so good. Because in one season, he had a left-handed throw, he had a no-look pass. We saw the development of the arm angles. I mean, just going through and reading, and it was like this trip down memory lane. Like, oh yeah, he did that, and he did that. He was doing insane things in one season that we don't see guys doing an entire season. I don't know how much time you guys have to go to art museums. The Met is here, but I think that we need to like pull up a chair like you might do to a giant work of art and analyze it and remember like, oh wow, look at that brush stroke. I didn't see that detail over here. We can do that to Mahomes' career. To, to, uh, that's exactly right, and maybe sometimes the spectacular stuff makes you overlook the, the, the stuff that he's doing now. Like His game has evolved. We talked about how the evolution would have. He is evolving his game right and now. And it doesn't matter who's around him. I mean, we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers, no Devontae Adams, and there's all these excuses. We're seeing with other teams, all right, no, no, A.J. Brown. I was like, but it doesn't matter who's around Patrick Mahomes. He will make plays, and he's playing even better now. Five more passing touchdowns than anybody else, more passing yards than anybody else. So the point about him elevating others, I think that's what MVPs actually do. They elevate others, and that's what Patrick Mahomes is doing. If he plays to late in his 30s, he's going to have like four chapters to his career. This is the beginning of Chapter 2, right? Yeah. The Chapter 1 was all the spectacular stuff, and he won an MVP, and he won a championship. Now he's playing. The teammates are starting to cycle in and out. He's going to have multiple of these. He's going to have a chapter probably that comes after Andy. Andy Reid. There's a long way to go for Patrick Mahomes. And I, right now, just to go back to the, I, I do believe sometimes it is overlooked. It's easy not to pay attention to something because we feel like we see it every week. All right, as we continue, after last night's loss, it feels like another Super Bowl opportunity will escape Aaron Rodgers' grasp this season. So, what does that mean as we take a look at his career in its totality? We'll talk about that and much more as we get up with you on ESPN. Football, Lambeau Field. Let's get it started. Fire complete to Hilliard. Tennessee on the board first. Derrick Henry to Pager. Touchdown, Titans. He never relaxed against this quarterback. Watson. The Packers jump back into it. 
fires middle. Touchdown! The Tennessee Titans have beat the Green Bay Packers. I'm on the right track. The sights and sounds of your night in Titletown last night where it does not appear there'll be a title this year. Packers have lost six of seven. They're four and seven on the year. Our analytics now give them just a 5% chance to make the playoffs. Again, they began the year with the inverse of that, a 95% chance of making the playoffs. And after the loss, disappointment in Green Bay. We're not in a very good position right now, that's for sure. Um, like I told the guys, like there's, there's no margin for error, period. We got to play up to our potential. If we play up to our potential, we can win our last six games. I'm confident of that. Obviously, I got to play up to my potential. Tonight wasn't it. All right, so Ryan Clark, it was now going on 12 years ago that Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl. You were on the other side of it, and we've talked about that many times. If I had told you then, as brilliant as he was, as great as he was that night, and how it all felt like it was just getting started, and, and I'm not suggesting he can't win again, but, boy, it certainly feels far away at this moment. If I had told you then this is going to be the only championship he wins in his career, what would your reaction have been, and, and what, what is the right reaction to have to it now? I would have been shocked. Um, at the time, I thought he was the best football player I'd ever played against. I still feel that way about Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the most talented quarterback uh, I've ever been on the field with, uh, most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And so to have those thoughts about someone and they're only able to win one championship, it does seem that – it's been somewhat of a failure in Green Bay. But I don't put that failure on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers that's an organizational failure. That, that, that's a failure when you're up in Seattle and you have a tight end that misses the onside kick and then there's a deep football thrown to Doug Baldwin and Seattle goes to the Super Bowl. I think it's a failure when you decide on fourth down that you're going to kick a field goal in the red zone instead of putting the football in Aaron Rodgers' hands. And now Aaron Rodgers has also not played well in some of these games, but he didn't give up 220 yards to Raheem Mostert in San Francisco and so I think Aaron Rodgers career has and who he had who he has been has put his teams in opera with opportunities to get to the Super Bowl and they just haven't done it um, I, I believe it's a letdown from where he was that night in Dallas but I also understand that football is about team and that Dan Marino doesn't have one Super Bowl. And so I think we truly have to put into perspective what Aaron Rodgers has been able to accomplish, even if we are disappointed that his team didn't accomplish more with him. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Rodgers is going to go down as a top 10 quarterback all time. No question about that. And so is Dan Marino to the point that you're making. Um, but, you know, Nico, we tend to count yeah. rings when we figure these things out. And you played with the guy who has more of them than, than any franchise of all time. So that, that's a question there. What's the right thing to say about Rodgers? That, that he's one of the best all-time quarterbacks. And it's not his fault. I mean, listen, I would have been playing the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl if they would have fielded an onside kick right. against the Seattle Seahawks. So, listen, it's more more than just quarterback play. It's your special teams. It's your defense. Everything comes together in the playoffs. And sometimes you're just unlucky in those situations. So I don't put it all on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, of course, there's opportunities where he could have advanced his team. But at the, on the flip side of that, there's a lot of other quarterbacks that have just one Super Bowl that have terrific Hall of Fame careers. Yeah. And we're not saying that their careers are flawed in any way. So, again, I, I don't put that on Rodgers at all. His career kind of stands for itself. 
the one Super Bowl win, at least he has one. Yeah, and then and, and one is a lot more than none. I mean, the difference between one and none is greater than the difference between one and two. But at the same point, Brooke, I mean, in his era, Ben Roethlisberger won two, and Eli Manning won two. And these aren't guys who are as great a player as Aaron Rodgers is, but it's going to complicate the historical, the way we view them historically, because we do, especially with the quarterbacks, we tend to count the hardware. Right, exactly. And to what RC said, football is a team sport. Sport. I want to evaluate a guy for what he did for his team. And yes, he was not responsible for picking up the onside kick. He's not responsible for the defense and things like that. But when we're counting rings, when we're looking at Aaron Rodgers, what defines his career? I want to define it by Super Bowls and not MVPs. That, to me, is the bottom line. And that's why I, I, I want him to have done more. I want him to get another ring. Disappointing is a strong word, but... I feel like to what he said, we're not living up to our potential in this one game. I feel like there's more potential that he has to give. Let me get Sacho in here. What, what, what's, what's fair here? Because I have such a hard time saying Aaron Rodgers' career is a disappointment. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's yeah. a part of me that wants to say that's ridiculous. He's one of the greatest players that ever lived. But I understand the other side of it. What's the right thing to say here? It can't be a disappointment when you have four MVPs to your name. It just can't yeah. be. And, and a Super Bowl to your name. It can't be. Now, should we have hoped for more? I think we should have. There should have been higher expectations. And it his career isn't over yet, but those four MVPs are going to keep him in any conversation for all-time greats. And, oh, by the way, guys who played against him, even R.C. played him, I played him, Nico, you know how great of a quarterback he and, is. And, and just one cherry on top of this thing, R.C., show you know this. When you're young, you always say to yourself, well, next year, next year, I know we came up short, but next year we have a, a shot. And then you kind of run out of time. Yeah. So that's really – you're going to run out of time eventually. And he had an opportunity. He's had many opportunities. And it might just not be his time. Look, for younger people watching our program right now, to think that Rodgers would only win one that night that he played against RC, if I told you right now Patrick Mahomes is not going to win another championship in his career, you'd say, Greeny, you're out of your mind. That's how good Rodgers was. Yeah. And that's how set up they appeared to be then. And so it would be very disappointing. If Mahomes doesn't win another championship, it won't mean he's not a great player, but it certainly would be disappointing. It feels like that's where we wake up in Green Bay today. Yeah. In the meantime, that's just four days removed from beating the Cowboys. Dallas has a huge game this weekend. They're looking to bounce back after an overtime loss, and they've got a showdown against 8 and 1 Minnesota coming up on Sunday. On the road will be Dak Prescott, who was asked yesterday about his recent struggles. How do you assess your performance at this point? And is do you feel it's a little more erratic than it has been at times over the course of your career? Erratic? Erratic or or not? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I can't necessarily say that. But, yeah, obviously uh, not 5-0 not and in those games, so damn sure not as, as clean or as, or as good as I'd want it. This is a complicated one for me. Look, there's been a lot of Dak stuff here this week, and, and I, I don't want to position myself as like the ultimate Dak defender. I'm not sitting here telling you that he deserves the Patrick Mahomes treatment or whatever it is, but it feels to me, RC, like when a guy is coming back from an injury and he gives you a 14-point lead on the road in the fourth quarter and then they lose, it's very hard for me to say the quarterback is the reason that they lost the game. How do you assess what you're seeing in Dak right now? You know, I feel the exact same, the exact same way, Greeny. And I think uh, the problem with Dak is we always 
behave as if the Dallas Cowboys have everything and all they need is for their quarterback to excel. And I think that was kind of exasperated when we saw Cooper Rush go four and five and we all got excited and we felt like every A segment on a Monday get up was going to be excellent because the Dallas Cowboys are going to be great. <laughs> and then we were kind of seeing that, you know what, there are other good teams in the NFC. There are some deficiencies defensively with being able to stop the run. They probably do need to add one other skill player on the outside. Kellen Moore does need to understand that the ratio of run to pass needs to be more even and I think all of these things play into how we see Dak Prescott because we've been waiting for Dak Prescott to ascend to the top tier of quarterbacks and I said this on Monday maybe he's not maybe he's never going to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, maybe he's never going to be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. So if he's not going to be that, we have to accept who he is. And now the Dallas Cowboys have to play accordingly. I do believe that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb had some bad communication on those two interceptions. That can happen. But he also doesn't need to throw it 46 times. And Kellen Moore has to understand that. This defense has to be able to stop the Green Bay Packers from running the football who were down 14 and they ran it on the first snap of every drive the rest of the game because they knew the Dallas Cowboys couldn't stop them. There's so much more that's going on with this team other than Dak Prescott's play. We just want to boil it down to that. Does he need to protect the football? Absolutely. But Dak Prescott is not the reason you lost to the Green Bay Packers and I also don't believe he will be the reason that this team gets eliminated from the playoffs if they do. All right, fair enough. So I, I, we talked a lot about Dak so far today. I want to put the picks up on the screen, and I want to dive into this game because we didn't have enough time a little bit earlier. Everyone here likes Minnesota except me. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Cowboys because, of course. <laughs> but but here's a, earlier this morning, you said, Nico, yeah. that they, the Cowboys need to stop the Vikings from rushing. And RC seemed very skeptical that it's possible to do that based upon how dangerous they are on the outside. Look, that it illustrates just how good and diverse the offense is for Minnesota. So give me the game plan. You're scheming up against the Vikings this weekend. Watch the game plan. You, you got to keep them under 100 yards. You got to have Cook under 100 yards. You can't let them run for 115 plus yards because then it opens up a lot more of the play action pass your shots down the field. I understand you might have to have one extra guy in the box that leaves you light in the back end. But at the end of the day, if you just let them run it for five yards of carry, you're you're in a long, hard battle. You're behind the sticks, and they're gonna they're gonna beat you over the head, running the football and taking shots down. So field. you're picking your poison, right? Because what RC is saying is that if you're bringing those guys up into the box, then he's they're just gonna, gonna be throwing at Jefferson and killing you. So what do you do? You, you're you're just basically choosing how they're going to beat you. Well, yes and no. Part of it is the even Michael Parsons said we need to play sound defense. Like guys are peeking out of their gaps, and guys are trying to make extra plays that they're not supposed to make. If you just stay in your gap and a lot of people say do your job you'll be able to play good against the run obviously against the pass you'll have to be able to win one-on-one -on -one or stop Justin Jefferson from going crazy like he did last week but stopping the run is not overly complicated it's, a, it's about guys striking with their eyes their hands their feet guys staying in their gaps and then all of a sudden you'll be able to get people into third and long not third and short yeah, Nico you were going crazy watching that play yeah but the three technique runs outside they obviously had a stunt on the inside linebackers got to get up in the line of scrimmage they got cut in half I watched all these highlights, the defense is being split in half. They're getting cut in half. The backside's getting chopped down like firewood, and they're not stopping the run. So what do you do? you got to stay on your feet on the backside. you got to set the edge front side, and your inside linebackers have to get up into the line of scrimmage and take on some people. Sorry, I just got into a well, game. No, but I but get that's it. football. See the backside 98 you got cut? 
The, the edge isn't set. That widens out the running lanes, and your inside guys can't stop anybody. The three technique just ran outside, and Parsons just got cut off by the, the guard. So, so the de I mean, the defense is the question. But this is, I think, maybe an illustration of how everyone is going to have to live. Again, the, the Vikings, we haven't taken them seriously all year, Brooke, but we need to do it, right? Because these, what they're all describing to us here is that they are very, very difficult, if not bordering on impossible, to stop. Exactly. Did we not all hear RC last hour? I mean, when he was going through – Okay, you stop. You load up the box to stop Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson's right there. Kirk Cousins could stare him down. Kirk Cousins could walk down the field and hand him the ball, and the defense still isn't going to take it away from him. The Vikings are legit, guys. I know it's hard for us to wrap our heads around the fact that a Kirk Cousins team is legit and we can trust them, but I'm sold on them. I think that they are real, and I think that this game is a bad matchup. For Dallas, I, you know, maybe if they signed OBJ and he was in his prime between <laughs> yeah. now and Sunday, yeah. they'd have a better chance. But, man, it, it's going to be a tough one. I'm riding the Cowboys, and I'm not giving <laughs> up. Let me break on that thought here. We're coming back. We've got more games to pick here on this Football Friday. It's a very good weekend in the NFL. Meanwhile, Mother Nature is already one up on Buffalo this weekend, and the weather is really frightening. The Browns and Bills have been moved to Detroit. How will that impact who winds up winning? We'll talk about that. And then can Ninko take on Sneaky Hembo? Here's the question for you, Rob. Which quarterback leads the NFL in one possession losses over the last two seasons? Sneaky question. Answers next. Get up. ESPN. Losses. I'm just going to say that you are being met with a lot of skepticism. No one believes in you, Ninko, that you can this answer one, this correctly. This is a weird question. Though. It's a bit of a weird question, but I think you have a chance. It's, it's, Which quarterback has suffered the most one-possession losses over the last two seasons, meaning last year and this one? It's got to be someone who's lost a lot of games. Uh, I'm going Josh Allen, Buffalo. That's a good guess. He's second. He suckered you in. The answer is Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. with 10, which is what makes it a terrible question. What? Because this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a terrible question. That's right? a terrible question. Yeah. You know what? Th 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 void that question, please. I That's a terrible question. I give you I give you permission to hit Hembo. I go over there and hit him. I mean, just take him out. Give him a little. No, I did this. No, I didn't mean that seriously. But don't actually hit Hembo. <laughs> you can go over and be mad. Come on, Hembo. Hembo. But don't hit Hembo. Wait a minute. I'll be Hold nice. On. We got to see what's I'll happening nice. over here. What is that Bad question? Stuff is happening what is that question? The oh, Get out of here. Let's see Will you how do we the do. wrestling thing? All right. Let's go to the, the Friday forecast. Uh, this is going to be our uh, predictions for what's going to happen this weekend. Brooke Pryor, what's it going to be? Uh, baby, it's cold outside, but Delvin Cook <laughs> is going to heat up the Cowboys defense inside U.S. Bank Stadium. I think Delvin Cook is going to have a really big game against the Dallas defense that cannot stop the run. RC, Friday forecast, what are you predicting? My favorite player in the NFL is going to go for 150. That's Justin Fields. He's going to absolutely go crazy against the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to get a win, and we're going to see something we have never seen from the quarterback position, even from Lamar Jackson. Now, he is the best ticket in the sport right now. Ninko, give me a forecast. Clear skies for Jeff Saturday. He's going to go 2-0. You heard me. 2-0 on the ground Whoa. running the football against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeff Saturday, he's getting it done. The fighting Saturday 
space Let's behind go. Jonathan Taylor running the ball. I will see. And then, Sacho, how about you? Snow what? Buffalo Bills and their losing skid. They go play in clear skies, right? In the dome. But they the losing skid. Josh Allen plays a lot better, and they find a way to get a dub. Yeah, and that game has been moved. For anyone who's not yet heard, that game between the Bills and Browns will be played in Detroit because the weather in Buffalo is just getting to be unmanageable. In fact, our friend who tweets at Spotrack or Spotrack, I apologize that I'm not sure which way he pronounces it, but one way or another, he lives right by the stadium, and he texted us some pictures. Wow. This is just where he lives. This is what his house looks like, and this is this morning. We're still 48 hours away from the game, and the snow is supposed to continue uh, throughout today and into tomorrow. So, obviously, the weather there made it un, uh, just impossible for them to play the game in Buffalo. And, and there's a lot of real human stuff involved in all of that, obviously. We hope that everyone is safe. We understand these players are going to be concerned about their families and all the rest of that. We can't really do anything with that. We can talk about the impact on the football game. RC, Bills, Browns, inside, in the dome. Any chance Cleveland uh, makes what is already sort of a tough little stretch here for the Bills start feeling like a real reason to panic? I mean, th there's a chance. I mean, there's a chance for everything. I mean, Lloyd Christmas had a shot, you know, <laughs> and so I think if I think it just <laughs> Is what it is. But when you look at the <laughs> Buffalo Bills and the way that this team has been playing, you think about the last two weeks and Josh Allen turnover woes in the second half of those games. I believe he's going to work very hard to fix that. And he's also playing a team that hasn't played well on the back end. Other teams, and looking Miami for sure, found ways to keep Miles Garrett off of their quarterback to a tongue of Valoa. And I believe defensively, they'll understand to try to stack the box in order to stop the run. And in doing that, may be able to match up on the outside with the defense that understands playing top down against the Cleveland Browns. I think this is an easy win for the Buffalo Bills and they find a way to get back on the winning track in some good weather, obviously indoors, more so than they would be in Buffalo. Let's put the picks up there. And by the way, the Bills will then turn around and play Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. They play the Lions. So they'll play two straight games in that stadium uh, five days apart. We're not yet sure if they're going to go back. Uh, the plan was to go back to Buffalo in between. We don't know. Does Allen go crazy? Is this a, a yeah. huge Allen game? Yeah, I think it's a, a Buffalo get-back game. Get back on track. Protect the football. Get back to your winning ways. Allen, you think, goes nuts? I don't think one? he goes crazy, but I think he, he does enough to win. That's it. Yeah, I, he hasn't. There's been too many turnovers, especially in the red zone. And I don't know if Dorsey's ready to help help him mitigate those turnovers. And so hopefully Run happens it. soon. He hasn't been practicing as much, right, with the elbow. So that's where my concerns still lie. I, so someone posted they will only have one. Uh, practice this week. They canceled their practice on Wednesday because of illness. Uh, they have a variety of illnesses on the team, and now they're not practicing today. So that, that's a bit of a factor here as well. How yeah, about all of it? Exactly. I don't think this is going to be easy for the Bills by any means because of those kind of mitigating circumstances. You mentioned the travel, the chaos, not practicing for two days this week, only having Thursday. That, to me, all factors in. But you know what? The Browns only have three interceptions forced this year. I think that Josh Allen is going to have a better game than we've seen him have. Maybe maybe an interceptionless game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. look, I, I, I'm with all of you guys. I think the Bills win, and I think they win easy. If they don't, if this is another one where Allen struggles, then I think the, the conversation Monday, RC, will be very interesting inside that division. Meanwhile, I'll be back here tonight, and we hope that you'll be watching good NBA action tonight. we got the two best bigs in the East. we got Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Sixers, Bucks tonight, 730 Eastern, followed by uh, the 
Knicks against Steph and the Warriors. Again, we'll start your coverage with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern tonight here on ESPN. Coming up, as the Packers' playoff chances slip further away after last night's loss, who owns the majority of the blame? Is it Rodgers or the coach? Stephen A., Marcus, and RC. We'll talk about that and much more. First take, top of the hour here on ESPN. All right, our next UFC fight is tomorrow at the Apex in Vegas. Heavyweight main event could be a slugfest. Prelims start at 1 Eastern, followed by the main card at 4 on ESPN+, Plus, which you can get by going to ESPNplus.com or downloading the ESPN app. All right, best of the week. Jerry has Dax back, but then he lacked a smack when he whacked back on the flag. Bars. I've got bars for days. You were spitting off the top. Spit. The big swagoo Mark Spears has got a lot to say this morning. We will play patty cake all morning long. He looked like an R&B singer. I do not think that's an outrageous statement. Part of the reason why I'm here is because I'm a former player and I'm supposed to be able to get into the minds and tell you what current players are thinking. Are you kidding me? You know the team and no one wants to play. Chop, chop, chop. A Stein and a Schnitzel. Hang, hang, hang. That might be the funniest graphic we've ever put up. Matt Ryan, what do we call him, RC? Matty Flying! It's not Matt Ryan, it's uh, Rex Ryan. <laughs> For us to keep getting mad about what they're going to call in these situations, to me, is just asinine. I'll be asinine, I'll be ass a 10, I'll be ass 11. I'll be all ass you want, because that's garbage. I'm just going to say this to every owner in the NFL. Stop taking my guys. Okay, it's one thing you got to Don't take him, don't take him. I can't have this. Don't now. listen to him. If they call RC next week, and they want RC to go coach somewhere, and they're going to pay me to be a head coach, I'm finna go. <laughs> No way. I cannot yeah. lose any more members <laughs> of this good bat. I look, I'm delighted for Jeff Saturday. Go out there and beat the Eagles this weekend. But to all the NFL owners, leave the rest of my crew here. Nikovich, you got him winning again this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I do. I got the Patriots this weekend. Oh, Patriots over the I Jets. Got the Patriots over Patriots, the Jets. Patriots, Jets. I didn't get I the like pick. Patriots. What, what do you guys do? Okay, you know what? You can take these two. To all the owners. <laughs> You can have these two. No problem. But Jets, Patriots, who you I, like? I'm picking the Jets, and, and, and not just because I don't want you to hit uh, we me. We don't even have to pick. That's you don't even why. have to. They're Come a on. team of destiny. I, 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 will, I will pick whatever I think makes it more likely that the Jets wind up winning. It's a fabulous football Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. First take starts now.